Catalogs and Noise. We are starting a new catalog today on the Stooges. We're all very excited. I'm here. I'm Joe, and I'm with Josh and Tom. Yes. I was good. waiting for the finger point. Good answer. All right. The um, so here's the plan. I'm going to lay out the plan first. Uh, well, the Stooges was pitched as an idea a long time ago. I remember that was something we played with. But when the Jim Jarmusch documentary "Give Me Danger," I think it's called, came out um, last year. We thought it might be a cool idea to do a Stooges catalog winding up to the documentary. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to hit the five Stooges albums, the three main ones, and then the two afterthoughts. Probably do a wrap-up and then go into Gimme Danger and Patterson and kind of round out our Jim Jarmusch things. So that's the plan. Sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Um... That being said, this is a really good album. I'm really excited to talk about the Stooges. You know, we're all kind of, uh, I think, punk rock-minded guys, but we've never really done anything like close to punk rock. This is the closest thing. Although I do have some problems with that, which we can get into. But, um, uh, yeah, what do you think of the album overall? Do you have any uh, general ideas? Me first, Josh. Yeah. I'm not over the moon about this. Oh, really? I like specific songs. I like what this engenders later on. And I think that's the problem that I, I think my appreciation for what's going to come mid-70s is going to... It, it sort of make it sort of leaves this in the dust. Even you, the you other mean, Stooges albums. Oh, that's what I said. You, you don't mean like regular punk. You mean... I'm talking regular punk. Yeah, I, okay. I, I mean, for me, you know, uh, yeah, I get it, you know, that, that, that your, uh, your Ramones and your... Uh, your, 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 your Clash and your Buzzcocks, they're all going to point back to this. But this album in, in particular, it's, it's not doing it for me. I, 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 could, I, uh, I like the, the second and third album a, a hell of a lot more because I, I see in that the things that I like later on. It's much more clear in, in those albums because they move and they go somewhere there's a little too much meandering here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love, like, for example, I love 1969, but at some point I'm like, all right, you guys got to like, gotta, gotta cut it right now. The songs are long. The songs are very, very long. So is that a part of him? He, he, uh, there's a couple of things I've read. I didn't read much on this coming in here, but I, I listened to it like a couple dozen times, obviously. But, you know, they, they seem to have this uh, appreciation for the doors. And there seems yeah, to be a little bit too much of the doors uh, sort of the, 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 the longness of, of, once again, just noodling or meandering about uh, that, that I don't necessarily like. And it's not as if I don't like stuff like it, because you could throw, like, I don't know, your, your mid-70s noise stuff together. I love listening to that, but there's something about this that just, it's, it's, um, it's just not where it should be. Uh, at it's a it's a decent first album, and it's giving you a couple good nuggets, but I don't love it as an album, I don't think. My critique would be the, the filler that's on it. I actually like the length of a song like 1969. I love how No Fun just rides it like 
to the really? end. Of, yeah, I like that. Because to me, yeah, it, I think it, I like this more than it, it brings me back to like one of my favorite sounds is like the sound of uh, the album White Light, White Heat, the Velvet yeah. Underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it like like Sister Ray. But they saved that for the end. I There's know. Something I know. about that being like a crescendo so, and coda at the so same time. I, I, I couldn't help my, my the thing I keep thinking about. There's obviously the Doors influence, but I yeah. wonder how much of the the Velvet in, the Velvet's influence. That's interesting. Because well, John Cale, right? John Cale is heavily involved in this, and so listening to like a song like We Will Fall. It goes on interminably for ten minutes. I'm thinking of well, no, I, see, I, I, I don't have as much of a problem with that. But uh, I'm thinking of like okay, so I'm thinking uh, like you know uh, Venus and Furs or so. I'm thinking of that Tony yeah. Conrad influence, yeah, and then so. I'm thinking on the dip, like a flip side of the drone the drone coin. You've got No Fun, which is like the Sister Ray drone, which I actually like a lot more. I think a big part of the reason why I'm, I have a soft spot for this album, I don't think um, Ron Ashton's guitar is going to sound like this on Funhouse, which I actually like a hell of a lot more than this album, but I think his guitar on this album sounds like something extraordinary. From those first notes all the way into the end, hmm. I just I could listen to this forever. I love it. There's nothing better than that kind of like half cocked wah 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 sound, yeah. you know, the fuzz wah. Yeah. I love it. It just it blisters through my brain. I love the uh, like. Yeah. I mean, okay, okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm just <laughs> making noises. I I figured I I I should play some sort of balance because you know we were with Joe about a week ago and and, and I got a sense that Joe really really liked it. I had a sense that you were kind of a step away from yeah, that. No, so I figured I, I would be the, 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 the counterweight to <laughs> all that and focus on the things that I, I feel are the shortcomings. And you said uh, Venus and Furs. There's something about the texture of that song that sticks out from the other songs on that album. Sure. This, there seems to be, um, I think you have trouble distinguishing some of the tracks at times. Except if you, if you pulled oh. out We Will Fall and Anne, yeah. obviously, but the, but, the, but the... No, I was uh, well, I brought up Venus and Furs with respect to We Will Fall. I agree that, that, the, that the songs do kind of run into each other, especially the filler stuff, but I was referring to that droning viola sound. But there's something, they, there's something Velvet Underground does with that song. Because I, I, that's like one of my favorites of like being oh, yeah. top Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I'm saying that... that I uh, wouldn't say We would fall no, my top I agree with you no no that's not that's not the point I was making I'm just saying as far as influences and, and things that got me thinking that made me appreciate this album more is you know that that seemed like of a piece with something that people were exploring of that time like like what to do with the drone yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of we will fall I think it's okay I don't mind it while it's going on but I forget it as soon as it's done I just like that. Like, I, yeah, I like that you have album, you know, side A ends with "We Will Fall." You flip it, and then you get "No Fun." It's kind of like flipping from Venus and Furs to something like yeah. Sister Ray, which I thought was a cool idea. Yeah, I, I like it all, but um, but I, I think I can support Tom's point in the kind of sameness, uh, particularly yeah, at the end of the album. Absolutely. So I always thought the kind of uh, recording went. They had this whole album. They laid it all down. They didn't have enough space, and they did "We Will Fall." It's actually not that I've been reading. I, yeah. No, that's I've been reading the, the book um, Paul uh, Tr- by uh, Trianka. Is that how you say that? Paul Trianka, Iggy Pop, Open Up and Bleed, which is fine. You know what I mean? It's just giving me some background. He claims that they get in the session with with Kale in New York, and they come to it with four songs fully formed. Five, five. I five? There's five. Yeah, yeah maybe oh, the no, book goes differently, wait. but online they talk about five. Nineteen sixty nine, No Fun, I Want to Be Your Dog, and Am, and We Will Fall. 
Well, so, oh, really? So I thought they go in, they record those, right? Then they, We Will Fall seems like a little bit of an afterthought. Like they had the pieces of it together, but it wasn't well rehearsed and well constructed. And that was Kale kind of padding a little bit. Okay. Right? Then. That makes sense, actually. Right. Then they say, okay, we think we have the album. It's about a half hour long. It'll be short. Somebody else, some producer, it might have been Danny Fields, right, says to them, hey, do you have any more songs? They go back to the Chelsea Hotel where they're staying, and in an hour, they write Little Doll, Not Right, and Real Cool Time. And, and those are the kind, or at least two of those are kind of the filler. I, I like well, I don't uh, think Little filler. Doll. I don't think they're filler, but I think they are um, reminiscent of, of 1969, No yeah. Fun, I Want to Be Your Dog, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, they're all variations of those things. You know, they're not kind of new and original because they're so crafted in this kind of lightning session, yeah. you know. For that, I think they have their own charms. I think there's like an incredible energy to those songs. I, I like every song on this album in its own right. You're, I don't think the, it's, this album is as good as the next two albums. No, I right? agree. I agree with that. But I think for a debut album, this is outrageously good. Mm-hmm. One of the best debut albums Particularly given the time, right? Nothing sounded like this. Yeah. I was trying to think, right? Well, what what kind of sounds like this? Is there anything in the ballpark? Go, oh, you want to go? Well, uh, you know, before you got here, so I'm going through Billboard stuff mm-hmm. to get a sense of first what's hitting the charts, the singles, what's going on as albums. So get a load of get a, get a load. I bet it's mostly bubblegum, right? Sugar, sugar is yeah. number one for the entire year. Aquarius, let the sunshine yeah. in. Uh, Temptation Song, Stones, Honky Tonk Woman, Everyday okay. People by Sly and the Family Stone, Dizzy by Tommy Rowe. I'm surprised. Like, that, what that is seems, I don't even know what that is. Uh, I'm not going to go singing it. But uh, <laughs> but that I always feel like that that's kind of like, that sounds like something five years prior. No, because when we think in 1969, we're thinking about, you know, um, you know heavy Beatles stuff. We're thinking about Jimi Hendrix. Well, but that shit was not being played for pop yeah. Sensibilities at that time. It could, it, well, the stuff wasn't coming out as singles, so these things dominate. Right, right. Like uh, Mon Seven, like Hot Fun in the Summertime by Sly and the Family Stone, I'll Never Fall in Love Again by Tom Jones, Build Me Up Buttercup, Crimson and Clover, yeah. One by Three Dog Night. So the list goes on and on of very polished songs. When you look at the albums, you got something a little bit different. You got the White Album starting off mm-hmm. the year because it's straddling 68. You got Diana Ross and the Supremes TCB. I don't think I've ever really? listened to that from the. And then you have the White Album Returns again. Then you have like uh, Wichita Lineman by Glenn uh, Campbell. Glenn Campbell. Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Back to Wichita Lineman. Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Then you have like Hair, the original cast. When this album is being dropped, Blood, Sweat, and Tears is 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 the number one album. Then you got Johnny Cash, Blind Faith. You and then you finally end up with Abbey Road and like Led Zeppelin. You squeeze a little uh, Creedence Green River in there, but you're right. All this, uh, you know, what they're doing sounds nothing like you yeah, what you've right. heard before. They so only, I appreciate that. The only point of comparison I can make is the stuff that's on the Nuggets collections. Oh, but okay. but but I think that there's something much more visceral. This this would have stood out on the <clears throat> Nuggets collection. That you know, oh. this, if this were released like a hundred plus songs on the Nuggets collection, you got something like 1969 on there. Like that's this oh, sounds that's like right. thuggish. No. It sounds very different. Yeah. But I'm just talking about as far as like the, the the gnarly guitar sound and the the snarling lyrics and whatnot. Like this 
Plus, there's vulnerability, too, in this, too, which I think is different than uh, what you see. What do you mean by vulnerability? I don't know. Iggy sounds like he's, like, a song like I Want to Be Your Dog. Like, it's it sounds like it's tender. There's a, there's a fragile quality. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I there's just that. there's something so different about this. that The only point of comparison I could find is on a sonic level, but nothing I see. Else. I have a couple of comparisons. When, when we did uh, uh, Otis a while back, you, you tried to find a narrative for an album. I forget which one we were talking about. Well, I think it's what you're... you're oh, Posthumous collection. <laughs> My posthumous collection. I, I really was reading into that. There, there, there actually is a little bit. If you, if you want to read deep, and I, I assume because we're going to talk about this for ten goddamn hours, I assume <laughs> um, there is a little bit of a narrative that goes across here that goes from vulnerable to being something aggressive at oh, really? the end in, in, uh, this say, in this particular album. In this particular album, little doll swagger. That's yeah. the only one that has that. Yeah. So, so you start. It, I, I, should That's we get into it now or, or, yeah, or, or, or shall okay. So you start off with this sort of statement of 1969, right? Then you 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 move to something you can't get any more supplicating than I want to be, be your goddamn fucking dog. Yeah, yeah. That we will fall, and I got once again we're gonna I, I got a couple of things for that. Okay. Um, no fun, which is you know this another. He has multiple anthems of ennui. It might here. as well be like a loser from Beck, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so there's there's there's, there's groveling involved. Then there's this sort of primordial offering slash self invite evite going on with real (laughs) cool time where he's begging. And he you know there's this. Then he has the the person's driving him fucking crazy. Then not right. It seems like you know there's this sense of not putting out. Then when you get to the end of it, your whole vibe is sort of changed because because what's the you know, if you're going to pick something, you know, the, the, the target of love that you seem to have dominated, it, it's a little ragdoll type of yeah. thing. So... I like your narrative, but I think Anne's out of place. Anne's weird. I Anne's out of place, the then. Like, Anne needs to be, like, uh, either before I want to be your dog or right after I want to be your dog. Yeah. But, no. But he got... He got with Anne. <laughs> See, that's that's it. Listen, they ain't no girls' names in the first whatever number of albums because he's sitting at home alone for Christ's sake. We got that out in the, in the previous tracks, you know. So I I think this there is sort of an arc of of uh, desperation, loneliness to having love to some sort of like dominance at some point in time. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that idea, but I I seriously questioned whether that was put like put into the sequence. Well. I, I, I'm only saying it because oh. I know at some point in time we're going to parse some words as if, like, you know, he, he was, like, you know, in the laboratory sort of, you know, conducting diction experiments or something <laughs> like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, probably accidentally, but it does yeah, have some cares? sort of arc. No, I, 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 no I'm with you, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I like, we make we make our own meanings. Right. I just think, uh, in that case, Anne should have come before I Want to Be Your Dog, and yeah. that throws off the flow of the album. Yeah. You got to have right. Anne come in the second You went on a date with Anne, that's all I'm saying. So, so go... <laughs> All right, I'll get back to that. I have some different ideas about that. But the um, going back a little while, I, I so I'm always a little um, dubious about the kind of Godfather of punk, I, I don't you know like thing. That shit. I, yeah, I know. Um, and I've been thinking about why, right? And so I've been thinking a lot this week about like what makes punk punk. And there's three distinctive things. I think you and I were talking about this a little bit the other day. Um, there's the sonic aesthetic of it, right? It, it's short songs that are kind of fast and aggressive, sped up kind of old rockabilly, hillbilly, 50s kind of ideas, right? That's the aesthetic that we think of stereotypically. 
Then there's the kind of attitude or philosophy of punk, which is, you know, slightly nihilistic, right? Self-loathing. But um, also DIY. Uh, DIY, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody can do it. Political that, that and asexual, right? Punk is rather asexual, right? Mm -hmm. Really, you have to really stretch to think about, like, sexy punk songs that even, like, address it, you know? Um... So that's another thing. I'm just talk I'm not talking about the Stooges applied yet. I'm just talking about the punk ideas. Asexual or androgynous? I, I, I don't think, know. I'm, say think, I'm thinking of like the yearning in a Ramones song or something like that. Like there, there's, but how does that speak to androgyny? Well, because that I think you're saying asexual, and I think there is a sexuality, and I, I, so that's why I'm yeah. thinking of like I'm thinking like genderless. I'm not thinking asexual. Oh. I think there is like a. There's yearning and that's sexual. I'm not saying it's not passionate music. I'm yeah. just saying no, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking of like like sex, like as like yeah. I, I guess I don't see that. Yeah, I don't. Well, know. Okay, maybe okay. you're going because like your antecedents are a Bowie, a Lou Reed, and Iggy Pop. Because and so that's punk is posing against glam. I mean, in a lot of ways, against like the kind of you know big cock arena rock that that's right. all okay. about that. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, historically speaking, I, I know there's a lot of influences from that kind of glam scene as well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so think about, like, you know, how sexy is Black Flag? <laughs> you know, no, that, I mean? uh, that's different. That's a, that's it's a, punk. that's, it's punk, but it's like the that's second way. It's in, hardcore. Though. That's, you know, okay, I, I'm, so I'm thinking the, like Ramones. I'm thinking, you know, The Damned. I'm thinking The Clash, Sex Pistols. The, the only know. one that has like sex as a topic, I think, is the Ramones. Oh, well, the Ramones too. Hey, where's Ah, it's just the yearning, the bubblegum uh, yeah. love, his, right? His, like, I, I can't think of Joey Ramone his, and not think of yeah. a guy yearning. His nostalgia for that sort of vibe of like early 60s love songs yeah. and stuff, pop songs, yeah, I totally... I'm with you on like the I, Sex I, Pistols or, or, or the, even the Clash, you know, the, like early Clash record, but I, I, I'm not like on like the, what I think of, I, I, I don't see necessarily the Stooges as proto-punk, I see the Ramones as proto-punk. No, the Ramones are punk. Yeah, well the Ramones kind of invent the whole Thing. Right, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So I'm saying that they're like the first. They're the and look. I don't want to dismiss the idea that the Ramones became friends because they like Iggy. You know right. what I mean? That's a thing. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, if we start going down this kind of breakdown of what punk is, this album starts to fall short of it. I think it might increase as we get closer to like raw power. To raw power, yeah. closer to '76. You know what I mean? But in this album, I'm just trying to like kind of figure it all out. Um, so the third category that I had was the scene, right? Like, I think punk necessitates a geographical and, uh, you know, place and a date, you know, like, like you could, you could play loud and fast music now, but if it didn't exist in like, you know, the Lower East Side in 1977, it doesn't matter. If it didn't exist in LA in 1981, it doesn't really matter. You know, I think it, necess it necessitates a culture surrounding it. Right? Usually surrounding a venue, too. A surrounding event? Yeah. I think that's right. That's kind of part of my scene. So, given those three... By the way, is that all right? You think that's good? Yeah, what definition? That's yeah. You know what? See, I don't know. I, I recently... I don't know what the hell I was looking for, but I'm, 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 I'm kind of just free-reeling around goddamn YouTube at one point in time, and I stumble upon Jello Biafra, mm -hmm. and, he, and it's today, Jello Biafra, or at least in the last five years, and he's on... It's some French TV show or whatever, and he's taking... Uh, questions out of like you know paper questions or whatever and somebody mentions the idea of punk and like you know it, it, and and he he uh sort of obsesses on on sort of like the spirit of it more so 
than the aesthetic style. That's what I'm it. arguing. Yeah. Like he was going on saying, like, uh, his, one of his favorite movies is 5,000 Fingers. <laughs> it's like yeah. a, a Dr. Seuss sort of, uh, yeah. sort of riff. And he said, that's more punk than anything, you know? So it, it does sort of embody this, um, I guess, antithetical nature in general. Uh, but at the same, because you said sound is aesthetic. It's hard to, you know, because the deeper you get into it, there's, you know, you get into some clash things and you're experimenting here and there. Um, the style thing, you know, today, as Jello Biafra was saying, which is true, you know, you see the boy bands dressed like punk people, you know. <laughs> so the aesthetic has been appropriated. The scene could have arguably be that as well. So is it being punk? Is it just sort of a, a, a vibe or a feel that's a pretty much like an antithetical fuck you to whatever the, the established sort of monolith that you're sort of up against when you're creating something creatively. Well, if that's the general. case, then, you know, early rock and roll. And, that's, and yeah, in a way. Punk, and, and, and what are a lot of these people hearkening back to? They're hark yeah. hearkening back to Buddy Holly and yeah, stuff. Certainly. So if that's the case, right, if I'm taking that as a marker of what punk is, the monks are more punk mm -hmm. than, than the Stooges are. Right? I mean, maybe, yeah. Yeah, or the Sonics, you know? So, what I'm saying is, I get that they're an influence for punk, but this idea that they're like this kind of gem of proto punk, or the MC5 for that matter, that's the other group that gets this label. I, it, it's no more convincing than anything that I'd find in the first Nuggets compilation is. But I think because of the, the character of Iggy Pop, and I think because you have on record people citing these records, that's why that gets out there. So and I, I, I get it, too. I mean, like, I think we're parsing things sure. very, very much here. I think you can listen to these records, and you can draw a line from these records to what happens in 76, to what happens in... Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the most important one of those three categories that I laid out is attitude. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if... I, so... But attitude, spirit, kind of. Right, like spirit. Yeah. So, so the Stooges don't have the same thing, because it just right. doesn't exist yet. That's fact. Um, the sound, I'm going to argue, is not as close, particularly in this album, but in general, as people claim it is. And... I think they get at the attitude, right? But that's it. I think they're only like a third there, you know? And again, of course they're influential on it. I'm just saying I think people make too much of it. And, and that's a problem only because it doesn't um, celebrate what they are in 1969, right? right? Um, which is, is very interesting in its own right. And I'll make the yeah. point about that next. <laughs> I'm adverse to any time that you hear so-and-so is the father of this or that. You know, you go back to like John Locke's the father of psychology, Montesquieu's the <laughs> yeah. father of sociology. It seems like, every, but, but then like, you know, like there's like 10,000 fathers and grandfathers can of I, this. Can field. I say that L. Ron Hubbard is the father of Scientology? <laughs> I'm okay with that. One. That's, that's actually, that okay? yeah, yeah, well, that's that's actually that. yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's kind of a little ridiculous. Anytime I see something like that, I'm always yeah, me too. I'm always skeptical you know, because it seems like a soundbite that's you know something you could write an article on that yeah, really has it's no a substance. bullshit soundbite. And there's an in, uh, intentional nature to that that's not true. They wanted to come up with something that was antithetical to the time, and it's not as if like we're gonna have acolytes that are gonna one day wear leather jackets and pierce shit on their bodies. Like, yeah. There's no intention of that matter. They just want to do something that's that's the yin to the yang of the moment. Yeah, and am I am I wrong to think that, like when I was talking about vulnerability, like there, there seems to be just a certain guilelessness to this record. Like they don't seem like they have like any sort of pretense whatsoever. Like I, I believe these songs, when, when he's, no, Iggy course. is singing like, oh, you know, yeah. I got nothing to do, you know, because like I'm 22, what the fuck? In I don't reality, know what, what the fuck's he doing? Yeah. He probably was 
Home yeah. Alone. Yeah. You know? I, 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 I totally buy into that. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't have, I don't know that I have as much a problem as, like, being able to trace influence. You know, I think it's maybe the, the I guess we're addressing the, the, the thing you have to address. Everyone always talks about the Stooges as being the, the godfathers of punk. That's the first thing you read on the yeah. Stooges Wikipedia page. Yeah, so. There's no doubt. But, but, you know, you take the best songs of the Sonics... That's yeah. you know, and that's four years strictly. You're this. talking about yeah, <laughs> buying poison as though that's yeah, a celebration. That's, you know, that's cool. Like that, that's more proto punk yeah. or whatever than than this. But is. I think it, it's all coming from this vision of Iggy Pop slashing his chest on right. stage. It really doesn't have too much merit underneath that. I, that's all I'm, I'm suggesting. I, I, you know, I, all right. So I was thinking about what the Stooges do sound like. There are a couple things. I think they're closer to. Things like um, Black Sabbath and Hawkwind. Ah, we, so, Josh and I were talking before. We, we were wondering, like we, we were talking about Anne, and we were thinking, God, it sounds like Sabbath at the end. Sabbath is coming yes. after this. It, it def- what did you say Sabbath? the first part of it was? Yeah. The first part you first said, part sounds like a kind of a Doors battle. A Doors, no then doubt. it defaults into the, the rhythm section yeah. is like straight out. It's like you took right. 50% of Black Sabbath. With first you. Sabbath album is 70. Uh, I think it's 69. No, it's 70. Is it 70? Yeah, we, looked, we, were both, we were both very surprised. We thought yeah. also. But, thought but, right, but you're right, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Hawkwind and yeah. Blue Cheer a little. Like, I'm not too versed on them. But you know what I mean? I think there is some... Less... I, I think... I think... Well, I love Black Sabbath. But I think the Stooges are distinct enough. But there is a kind of category here, right, that isn't mainstream and that exists. I, I think, you know, to say that, like, oh, they're proto-punk and, and, and outside of, like, this kind of like birth of metal or, or the kind of end of hard psychedelia undermines what this Detroit scene was yeah. really was doing. And I think that's important. You know, I have to say the, the two bands that are always cited from the scene, MC five and this, sure. they are far more interesting than the MC five. MC five is oh, re- rehashing yeah. tropes. You know, I appreciate the politics of the MC five, Me too. but, uh, you know, I, I don't go back and listen to MC five records. Okay. You know, well, I, I, I go back and listen to these records. So I don't listen to kick out the jams or the, the weird third one. I do go back and listen to back in the USA. That's a great record, but you know, what? know what that sounds a lot different than that kind of jammy kick out the jams that goes back, uh, back in the USA goes back to three minute kind of Chuck, Chuck Berry, well, up, right? Is that on there back, uh, high school, yeah. American Roost. Those are all tight 50 style rockabilly. But they sound like recycling. I would much rather listen to kick out the jams. Like, cause oh, it, no. yeah. I really like that sound. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I like American Roos. Uh, you turned me on to that song. I like the politics of it, but I don't know that I necessarily like the music <laughs> on it. Like, I think like when I got listening to 1969, like that beginning, which sounds so like just, what the fuck? I don't give a fuck about it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. bass is not even like hitting a real note. It's just yeah. sliding. And then when it finally kicks in, the hand claps and everything, like I am like fucking lit when I'm yeah. listening to this. It's incredible. I'm Whereas so I don't feel that way, even when the guys are all on stage going, right now, right now on the MC5, like I'm not buying this. Whereas with, you know, the Stooges, I'm like sold right away. And I, I totally agree. Totally agree. I do like the, the kick out the I like the intro to kick out oh, the jet. I like kick out the I do too. That's exciting. But when you listen to a it. whole album of it, it sounds like it's so kind of like, yeah. like hashed, like, like kind of like, we got this whole call yeah, response thing going. You ever listen to the rest of that album? It's so boring. It's, it, it, this falls so off from boring. that intro. That yeah. intro is like, I, maybe you just blow your load on, on yeah. the first like 10 seconds, but... Oh no, the first song, I would say the whole thing. No, 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 I like, I like this, the, the song, obviously. Yeah. You know, going back to Detroit, so, uh, like, Death 
which is coming yeah, like, like they're yeah. they're putting out their first thing in seventy one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's more of this that's more punkish sort of yeah. feel, yes. I guess. And nobody they, even knows they, who they are until like they have like that rediscovery what like ten years ago. Yeah. yeah, all I'm arguing is let's appreciate the Stooges for being a cool psych early metal Detroit band that does its own thing. It, we don't need to force this other issue to appreciate it. I yeah, no, like, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But, you know, that's just the example of, like, I guess, rock journalism. You need to have right. these yeah. sort of reductive sort of, like, banners that go over people and, you know, vault them to some sort of, like, as if they sort of engendered an entire race of followers, basically. Yeah. All right, let's talk about 1969, the year. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than the song first. Um, because, well, I guess we're, let's talk about both, right? Um, so let's start with this. Uh, first lyric of 1969, right? Josh, I talked about this the other day. Was 1969 okay? What is it, Josh? I always thought it was war across the USA. W-A-R. It has to be, right? Every, every source I looked at says all across the USA. Yeah. That means shit. It doesn't mean anything all across the USA. It literally is just kind of summary of where I am in time. It is garbage. I listened so closely several times. I okay. hear him form the W sounds war across the USA. It has to be war. But he does. he's doing a lot of affect on his voice like that anyway. You're so right. that's what kind of throws me off a little. Because in the beginning, yes, it's war. Later on, I'm not so certain about it. But the first couple mm-hmm. times he says it, I'm yeah. kind of like, whoa, he actually yeah. says that. It has to be war. All right, so even if it's not, I'm reading it as war because that is so meaningful, right? Mm-hmm. Because that, I think, speaks directly to the kind of political sensibilities that the band needs. I think in order to justify the the um, the kind of ennui that Tom was talking about before. All right, we're gonna take a break. <laughs> Okay, we're back. All right. We, yeah. J- Joe hit stop because we're at Josh's house and we're typically recording at Joe's house and um, Josh's brother's coming here today and the, what makes this unique is the fact that we've known Josh for like a hundred years and we've never met his brother before yes. and we always viewed that he was kind of like some sort of snuffleupagus sort of character and he wasn't real and it was like a, it was a Juliana Hatfield song My Sister yes, yes yeah like you fabricate you fictionalize some sort of big brother I hate my sister <laughs> no but there's an adulatory sort of sense to it but, I'm uh, still dubious this dude's going to walk through the door. <laughs> we don't know for a fact, so in the middle of this sh- show, Joe and I are going to meet Josh's brother for the first time yeah. in our lives. I think he's going to be here excited. a little later than that. Uh, see, you're already making excuses yeah. that he's going to okay. show up. So going back, if war is not <laughs> the word here, then I don't know that they that we can kind of buy into the the theme of this right. album, which I think is kind of ennui, of boredom. Um, yes. Ennui, but also, I mean, I'm reading into that. When, yeah, I, when I first heard that, here's my read. Here's my read on it when it's it's war across the USA. But I'm a disaffected white kid in Detroit watching it from the periphery. Like, I, I don't know where I fit into this, right? Like, I see, you know, I see cities burning down all around right, me. Right, I right. see rage all around me. I see the Vietnam War all and, around me. And yet, what the fuck do I, like, I don't know where I fit in, as nothing for me to do. That breaks down, then, if it really is just simply, you know, all across the USA. 
Like, I think it's much more powerful when it's war across the No, that's, that's what I'm and, saying. And also, so I was just checking. So the, the lunar landing is July. They're recording this album when this is going on. If that's the case, no, what do you no, say? No, no. no? They recorded in April. It's it's coming out August 9th. I just checked uh, my Wikipedia. So are they, done? are they done? <laughs> are they done recording it? They were done. So it, they're actually probably getting ready for whatever. Electra, it's Electra, right? Electra does, yeah. like Presser or some shit like that. Uh, when, did you, when is the lunar landing? Uh, July. July tw- no, I'm saying like 20th July or something? July 20th. So you're looking at there's just a couple weeks away from it. So j- August 9th, it drops. It, yeah, so that's a so that's why I just like the idea, like there's nothing going on, like when like we just like had like nearly interstellar travel, you know. I, I like the comment, like, well, what the fuck? It's almost like Whitey's on the moon, you it, know? right? It's a, it's a, yeah. like a grand irony. Yeah, so I I, yeah. I want that to no, be true. No, I'm into I and I buy the spirit of of him and what he represents at this point in time. Like he, he's from um, Ann Arbor, right? Ann Arbor. Okay, so Ann Arbor, you got a college town, but you got a college town. Full of professors and people, and and I think Ann Arbor is like an I should know this an so, hour from Detroit. Yeah, it's so, outside Detroit. So Detroit is burning the last couple of years, right, and right. they're burning because of uh, of race related things. But Iggy Pop is what he's living like. Yeah. He's a kid from a trailer park right. in a in a sophisticated white. So he's on the outside of everything. That's, that's what, what I'm I mean. Say. Right? Yeah, you're right. So, like, so right. yeah, I think this song is like. The Clash is White Riot, yes. the one I can actually buy. That's a great, yeah, that's a great right? Like the white, white Riot, I've always had trouble with. I've yeah, always sure. had trouble with the I mean, idea of like privileged, pr- yeah. privileged white kids like Joe sure. Strummer yeah. singing "I Want to Have a Ride on My Own." If Mick Jones, if Mick Jones wrote that, I, I can get behind it. <laughs> Mick Jones really did grow up in a tenement building, but Joe Strummer, I don't. I, I get by it. I have nothing but love Joe for the Strummer's Clash. Joe Strummer's it, look, it's well intentioned. It comes off bad given our day. Right. But I think, but I think you, 1969 you is like, like the, the visceral, the visceral effect, like disaffected white kid, like looking at all this carnage around him and thinking, like, where do I fit into this? Yeah. And, and, and man, what a great scene setter to basically say this is the lay of the land. Like I was telling Tom earlier, like I so wish Raw Power had its own like, all right, here's the progress check. It's 1973 or whatever. You know, I love that Funhouse has 1970. Right. Like, I want. I think every record should have like a, a timestamp yeah. saying this is what's going on right now. Yeah. And like 1970, we were talking about before uh, Joe came over. Uh, it's got that Radio Birdman line yeah. or mm-hmm. Radio Burning in which the, the Radio Birdman takes later on and there's something about the riff that's just so awesome and it's fast paced sort of yeah. hypnotic that yeah that album there's something about the album but once again we go back to 1969 which is a great riff it's yeah. a tremendous it's, riff oh, it's great. and it's establishing what they're, what this album is about it's, it's a couple simplistic riffs with uh, minimalist lyrics without a doubt and you're fading off with you know some noodling or something like that, and it's drawn wow. out. So I think it's a it's a good example, but it's the best example of the riff. Go when uh, when uh, Ron Ashton unleashes that guitar solo, you know I'm not always a huge fan of guitar solos, but I love when they are like textual, like so when they like they just have like this. Like to me, it sounds like napalm being strafed across. That's why I, that's I've amazing. always read this song as being war across the USA. This is the sound. Like I'm picturing the helicopters in Apocalypse Now going over the streets of uh, Detroit and Watts <laughs> and you know Newark and just str- like basically burning all that's left. Like it just, I don't know. I, I I still want it to be that. Joe, how does how does he avoid? How do all four of them avoid the war? Oh, you know, I don't know. You know, it doesn't talk. Yeah, about I that. I didn't I didn't get any of that. Um, 
I'm not sure. I mean, they were living kind of like these weird bohemian lives, you know. But uh, yeah, it just it never came out because they're perfect age for it. They're perfect age for it. Yeah, it's because we use the stupid fucking proto punk proto punk. You forget that they're in the wheelhouse of the hippies. That's what I'm saying. You forget that they were called the psychedelic stooges before they became the stooges. It takes away what's so important. All right, so if you compare the beginning, kick out the gems was already out, I believe. Yeah, by a few months. Yeah, it was quick. But if you compare, like, you know, they're always considered the great political white panthers, you know. I think this is such a better political message, if we have the word war in there. It's more right? subtle, though. Compared to kick, off the jam, kick out the jams, right? I mean, that's just all kind of like, you know, flair and, you know, point it, pointing at me, look, look how political I am. This, I think, <laughs> demonstrates it, right? This shows doesn't tell, to use an yeah, old, yeah, you know, yeah. adage. Um, it, it's so important, right? All right, that's it. That's it. Can we talk about the hand claps? I yeah. love the hand claps. It's yeah, so it's cool. fucking cool. Yeah, no. Just like those little, little details. Was it like three songs at least? Yeah. That hand claps yeah. on here. Well, no fun. It's more prominent. Yeah. But you got yeah. the wah wah riff, the drums, yeah. and the fact that your intro is different than your riff itself. Yeah. I like that. the The repetition of everything is, is is definitely really cool. The simplicity of the lyrics is definitely cool. Oh, the one thing I, I write in several songs in my notes is restrained. The way he delivers it, things are restrained, and then all of a sudden it bursts. It bursts, yeah, yeah. You know? So that's cool. And I, I use the term anthem of ennui. There's a couple songs in here that are the anthems of ennui, basically, that I don't know if you could point to other things in 67, 8, 9, and 70 that can be considered anthems of ennui. Yeah. The only thing I could get close to, I think, is the first Sabbath album. But that's so mystical that it doesn't have that kind of immediacy that this does. And, you know, what is that being birthed from? That's being birthed from uh, Birmingham. There's a dirty element of that that I think kind of blows away the America sort of dirty Mm -hmm. element. Uh, you know, I, I kind of compare that to like, that's whatever. It's like, like ancient grunge. Yeah, it's like, it's there's something sad about the lives yes. of wherever Ozzy and them are coming from. It's also, from. when you say ancient, I mean, it is ancient. It is ancient. It is a, a group of people that have lived on that island for, you know, centuries, whereas this is a, this seems like an American phenomenon, right? Like Yeah, definitely. You know. Yeah, Black Sabbath represents the contraction of the British Empire, and what you're mm-hmm. left with is a bunch of, you know, uh, white guys in post-industrial sort of towns that are kind of trying to make ends meet. With an epic past to confront, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But lines like, uh, another year with nothing to do, and, you know, oh my and a boo-hoo, like, it's, it's so childish, but so meaningful. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, like you know, the wizard I can't relate to, yeah. right? I can just I can like find it sublime and be awed by it. But this I think speaks to like something, you know, in the soul of a dude sitting on a couch in 1969, yeah. afraid of the draft, smoking a bone, you know. Yeah. And, and just, like, like completely puzzled by, like, what's coming next. And say, I mean, that's, again, why I thought it was War Across the USA. By actually be. referencing your age, you're thinking, like, this dude could be drafted any time. Yes. If it's not war, this thing falls apart. I'm telling you. I don't know. It doesn't fall apart. <laughs> but it's but, all right, it's so, so much stronger. So let's go back to that. I mean... The idea that the war is across the USA is very important, you know? I mean, it is. You have Vietnam, but I don't think that's what he's saying. I think he's talking about a cultural war the same way we talk about yeah. culture wars today. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Somebody, I just heard on a, a podcast or something, somebody said that we were experiencing a 
Cold Civil War. And that kind of blew my mind a little yeah, bit. Yeah, fuck yeah, I think it's fucking true. Totally Isn't that great, true. though? I never thought of it in those terms. I don't know how many southern leaders we have, but I'm convinced there was a tie in the Civil fucking War. <laughs> and we're living the aftermath <laughs> oh, of the tie. I think they might have won, man. <laughs> it may have won. It, it just that, took a while. I'll be okay to, with that, yeah. It just took a while to demonstrate the victory, but yeah. <laughs> there was um, a band that had a song called The North Never Won. Oh, right? really? Yeah, what band was that? Uh, was, I can't remember right now. Oh. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> you yeah, wrote we that song? Like, That's I amazing. don't know, yeah. I don't fucking remember. I don't even hear that song. It was you, though, but I remember playing it <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Um, but, no, but, but how, how perceptive, if, yeah. it's, if it's worth taking that for granted, that, you know, we can, within the kind of, you know, haze of dumb lyrics, you get this insight. I don't, uh, you know, um, this, uh, this, this Paul Trenka you know, says, that's right, says that um, Iggy and the Stooges are, you know, dumb genius, or that's like terminology that critics have said about the whole time, and I totally understand. I think it's all encompassed in the first, you know, um, the first verse of this song. It's amazing. So going back a little to the Sonic stuff, the Jungle Beat, right? Uh-huh. That comes from Bo Diddley, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. essentially... It's called the, the Bo Diddley beat. Right? Yeah. That's, but, but that is... I, I don't really know Bo Diddley or blues that much, but that's it, right? When I hear it, it's... Yeah. That's cool, too, because I don't know that... Like, who else is doing that? There has to be kind of like blues bands doing that, I think. Like what the Strange Love's doing, like, I Want Candy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Right. That's a good example. Yeah. I think uh, that's right. But it's not happening all too frequently. And they're doing it twice on this album, 1969 and, and Little Doll. And Little Doll. Yeah. pounding away. Yeah. And it is something cool about the tribal nature of it. It's fucking feral. Yeah, and, and it's it's because it has the dark context, unlike The Strange Loves. I mean, I love those songs, but they're bubblegum. You know, it, it creates, you know, I don't know, an importance mm-hmm. in it, you know? There, there's something like, like this is a, yeah, this, this is like a tapping into something like archetypal. Or something that yeah. jungle beat on this song. I, I this this is an amazing song. I think an amazingly. I mean, it's rad. It's cool. Yeah. How many, how many albums like you know start off this strong as a debut album? You know, not many. I don't think. So if you go to song number two, though, you know, I want to be a dog. It obviously it's jarring, but I wouldn't say it's 1969. Oh, you don't like it? I think it's I mean, I like song. it, but I don't love it, love it, you oh, know? I love it. Oh, I, lo- I love is, it, love it. This is like the I think high it, point on the it's album. My, it's probably my favorite, really? good, like, a fuzz just, guitar. It, listen, top my 50%. favorite song, like, favorite sound. Sleigh bells and piano. Okay, I, I, think dig, I dig sleigh brilliant. bells. This is the second and, best Stooges song. And this, this is my, this is my gateway to the Stooges because when I'm a little kid and I don't know much about punk, but you know, I have a copy of Nevermind the Bollocks, like every mm-hmm. you know right. good skater does. And uh, I see uh, Sid and Nancy, which is just comes out in like 1986 or 1987. Right. And the soundtrack has Gary Oldman, who's playing Sid Vicious, singing I Want to Be Your Dog, I think. And then I go, like, well, what the hell is this? Then I find Sid Sings, the actual awful Sid Vicious solo record, where he's got two covers of the studio. Yeah, he I Want to Be that. Your Dog. Okay. Yeah. But right. I think on the for the actual movie soundtrack, it's Gary Oldman oh, singing. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um so I, I'm blown away. Like that's that's my gateway into the Stooges, yeah, yeah. and it's really hard in like mid '80s to get a copy of this stuff because you don't have your internet, you don't have your record stores that actually have copies of this. There's no CDs or anything like that. So you gotta have an older brother who's got friends and whatnot. And it's like whoa. 
this sounds incredible. Like this. So I see why so many people, uh, especially of our generation, who immediately think Stooges punk because my gateway to the Stooges is through the Sex Pistols or Sid Vicious. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't come to the Stooges. I think until early college. I mean, I, I was way into punk like years before that, mm-hmm. but I, it just never registered to me. I, I, I probably, I probably got it through like the Ramones, like you know, reading some article where they mm-hmm. referenced him or something. But, but yeah, it was later for me. It's Definitely. weird, you know, like, a gateway to the Stooges is lust for life, <laughs> which is not the Stooges, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was for me that that then made you go sort of backward to find mm-hmm. out more about that. Yeah, but hey, this is so. I want to be your dog. Is it a so? Is it a Song of capitulation or pure supplication? So I think it's both. All right. I so I was so Josh and I were talking about this too, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I think so when Iggy talks about this song, I've heard of three different places where he says it's about it's like a love song, right? And it's about being so enamored with somebody that you give them yourself over to them, and he puts it in these very positive, loving terms. And I think that's there. But I see as much kind of like masochism in it, right? You know, and, you know, this kind of weird idea that like I have to be diminished in order to give myself over to you. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to sit in my favorite place and actually like physically be that dog. Venus and furs again. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, 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 after that, you know, after thinking of it that way, I find the song actually touching. That's why I'm talking about the vulnerability, right? Like the being able to say such things, but man, what a fucking walloping guitar sound and the, the, just everything about it, that just droning again and again and again, the same riff over and over again. See, I, This is one I could listen to for eight minutes I and never it. get tired of. I think this really? is... Seriously, I don't I, know. I, for I, me, it really touches the nerve. It would be great if they just, you know, extend oh, it. really? I don't have that at all. I think this is maybe the high point of all psychedelia. Like, that, that drone... It, like when you get into that, you know that that weird kind of soloing oh. at the end, I they, they do not get enough credit as like a psychedelic band, you know, like like you know, people talk about like Jefferson Airplane and shit like that. Grateful early Grateful Dead, I can give a shit about that. This this has it all over that in Spades, man. It is so much better. Yeah, you know, um, you know when we're doing the the, the Dead podcast, when Hell Freezes oh, Over. Look. I do like a three-minute yeah, dead song. You guys are too hard on the dead. I like a three-minute dead song from like... Whoa, well, where'd this come from? I thought I... There are, there are, there are good well. grateful... There are good grateful dead songs. Once, once like you get past four minutes though, I'm, it's over for the... Yeah, game. I don't want to listen to like live <laughs> bootlegs or... All right, I got a couple technical questions. Um, so, uh, Kale is on the piano and the sleigh bells in this song. Sleigh bells are prominent. This is the... Best song to use sleigh bells that isn't about Christmas is no so doubt. I was gonna say it's probably the best Christmas song. It could be the best Christmas song. That's another <laughs> way to put it. I agree. I don't hear a piano in this. I looks very. Oh, the ding 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 ding. It's like a one note piano drone that just goes through the whole thing. Um, we might have some technical problems. Oh, what is happening? Just Hello. All right. I think. All right. Say that again. Hey, what's up? No, say the last thing you said. Oh, we're back on again? Okay. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay. You you had just said that uh, I don't hear piano on it, and my response was, sure, it's a one-note piano line that's just 
it's under the sleigh bells. Going ding, 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 that's ding, ding, the whole time. Whole yeah, time. that's what I suspected. I thought it was buried, and it probably yeah. has there's a no, There's no piano in the traditional sense of what a piano, if anything, it's being used as a percussion instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Um, so, you did you know my favorite use of this? You talk about Sid and Nancy. It's in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, man, I can't stand that guy's You can't? Guy Ritchie, it, it annoys me. Oh, man. It's, all right. it's like all style, no substance. I would agree with that, except for the first two. The first two are great. Lock, Stock, and Snatch are both great. I love them. Snatch I, is the one with Brad Pitt? Uh, yeah. Oh, I want to die. Oh, no. You're so wrong on that. That's okay. But... Um, you, you guys could do, uh, we'll do, Joe and I will do our Grateful Dead podcast, and then you and Tom could do your Guy Ritchie. I look, I'm not a huge Guy Ritchie fan, but I do like those two movies yeah. a lot. They're, they're a lot of fun. Um, but, they, but the song is used brilliantly. I so don't remember. The guy goes in, I had to relook it up. I knew it was in there, but I forgot how they used it. Guy is playing poker, and he's betting like his and all his buddies' money on this hand, and it's like real high stakes, and he loses. And just as he realizes, like, you know, the cards, like, fall on the, the table, the bomb, 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 bomb yeah. comes up. And you get this, like, very intense close-up on him looking, like, ill and just kind of moving, you know, around. And he goes into an alley and he throws up. It so perfectly captures, like, his kind of inner state of just, just sickness and, like, you know, his world's falling mm-hmm. apart. It is so smart. And I think... You know, what other song, like, just gets at that, like, in, in given, a, like, the right context, gets at, like, this kind of queasiness, and I think it does that. I don't know what it is about, the sleigh bells have something to do with it, just a kind of, like, um, like, chugging intensity of it. I, I, I can't say enough. I, I was, I think each of these albums has a standout track that actually makes some of the other songs look bad. And I think this is the one in this really? one. I see it's loose. It's loose on the next one. I think I think nineteen sixty nine and this are two high points. Yeah, no, nineteen sixty nine. I, I, I have a hard time, you know, saying one's better than the other. Yeah, and this moving into nineteen sixty nine is a beautiful fluid yeah. movement. I think. Um, just real quick, uh, I was looking up just like covers of things. There's a ton of covers of this song. Like like everybody covers yeah. it, and there were a couple ones I thought were very interesting. Um, I forgot all about the Sonic Youth cover on Confusion and Sex, right? I mean, I haven't heard that. I haven't listened to that album in 20 years. Um, but, uh, you know, it's pretty straightforward. It's just kind of a live, live, noisy thing, but I thought that was notable. There's an Uncle Tupelo cover of it, (laughs) which is great. I was never, I love Woke Up, but I was never a fan of Uncle Tupelo. But the one that I did dig was Slayer. Oh, I Like, you ever hear the Slayer cover? What's that on? It's, um, uh. I forget the album. It's like, it's like a mid '90s album. But is it like a traditional album, or is it like a, no? Like a, it's a like cover a collection album. of. It's an album that uh, is basically full of punk covers. Like there's a bunch of T Soul covers on it, and um, yeah, a couple other things. Uh, I kind of remember it from the '90s. You know, I was never a huge Slayer fan like that. Undisputed attitude. What that? What year does that come out? I bet it's like 95. Uh, yeah, I'm not listening to this. Like, no, I wasn't either. <laughs> I mean, I love Rain and Blood, but 
uh, yeah, I never got that far into it. But they call it "I want to be your god," not "I want to be your dog," <laughs> which is pretty cool. But it, but it's it's pretty straightforward, except yeah. it just, it sounds like Slayer, yeah. you know. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. But it, you know, that is all to say there is a beautiful versatility to the song. If well, you can that's, have a, that's old, the difference between a performance and a song, right? Like this is like this this is a song that stands the test of actually other people yes. very radically yeah. different performing because the song itself that riff is indelible. It's yeah. so good. No, it's so it's simple. Awesome. It's like so simple in the perfect way. Yeah, it's a uh, it's amazing. I don't know. And then a song that nobody is going to cover is probably the next one. Wrong. There is a cover of it. Really? Uh, yes. So in fact, there is a Iggy Pop tribute album that's called "We Will Fall," and the last song on it is a seven minute cover of it by Lenny K. Okay, I get that. That doesn't count because no, that's done. That's count. done because Lenny K is probably thinking, "I'm gonna do We Will Fall." No one's gonna touch that because one. they picked the name of the album first. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. And by the way, I didn't mean that to slag this song. I don't have a problem with this song. I actually like the atmosphere right. that's conjured by it. You know, especially the kind of like weird sort of atmospheric wah wah effects mm-hmm. that uh, Ron Ashton's doing with the guitar. But it it is a song that seems like it's it's of a it's a performance. It's not something that transcends, you know, other people doing like other people doing it. I don't see the point of it other yeah. than this performance. I have a multiple choice question for you. Okay. Ooh, like you ready? This song best represents a, a Nicene Creed like prayer to black mass B okay. acid induced psychedelic spiritual C a medieval flagellation anthem or D, rock orientalism masturbation. Which one is it? Well, I know your answer. Your answer is D. There's no all the above. You're saying D. You're saying D. I'm saying B. Like, I, I'm, I'm feeling this, this is a Acid song. Acid-induced, psychedelic. Yeah, this is a bad trip. Spiritual. This is like like the the I, like the the waking, like, you know, my, my few experiences in, in this kind of realm have never been good. So, like, this is, this is how I'm feeling by the end. Yeah. You don't have a great constitution for this. No, guy. I do not. Um, and I, I feel like this, like the kind of like drones that are usually, you know, especially the, I, I never even looked up to see if the, uh, the mantras are anything beyond just kind of, um, uh, you know, silly sound. No, they mantras. come from something. Yeah. It's, it's come from, I mean, I'm sure this is Cal, you know what I mean? I don't think these guys are studying a far Eastern, you know, mantra, but, uh, although a little sidebar here. Iggy Pop, I think, plays dumb very well. Right. I, I think I he's think a this way smarter right, guy sure. than people give him credit for. So I didn't want to fall into that yeah. category by saying that. But um, this sounds like Kale kind of, like, you know, pomposity. I don't mean that to slag Kale. I love Kale, too, of course. But um, uh, I'm gonna, here, here's my attempt to save this song. And, and by the way, I mean... It is grating, you know. I, see, I don't. I, I like the music. I, I actually, I don't mind this song. You listen to like fucking, I don't know, dental fucking uh, tools <laughs> against like uh, fucking sheets of steel and stuff. I mean, you do you know, for, for those for the, the, the for the one person listening to this. Uh, <laughs> check out Kevin Drum. <laughs> there you T- go. Tom's not far off. <laughs> that's, I think that's what made me convinced that that's what you like yeah. at some point. So he, here's here's my um, my apology for this song. The given that there's three songs on the first side of this album, it works as an album side. It like if you put on We Will Fall alone, it, it doesn't really work for me, right? Because it, it it comes across as too pretentious. Given 1969, I want to be your dog, and into this, there is something that's like strangely compelling about that trio together. Yeah. 
as a single unit. And I love what Josh said before you turn over the side and it's like, let's start over. Yeah, well, I think it's like two sides of the drone. Uh, drone yeah. I can't say drone coin. That's how I've always thought of this album, that you have you have that kind of mystical, you might call it masturbatory. I think it's like at least an attempt to do something with Getting what right. they're... Rock Orientalism masturbatory. Rock, rock Orientalism. <laughs> I think it's more the tradition of what Kale's grown up with, with the like the New York minimalism of like Tony, uh, was it, uh, Tony Conrad and that kind of stuff, or Lamont Young. I don't know what you're saying. There. It's, it's, it's that... It's that kind of style. I mean, it's the style that gives you like that drone background of Venus and Fur. Like so no uh, no, this is far earlier. This oh, yeah? is this is like mid mid sixties and even earlier. It, 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 like minimalist stuff that gives you this like the Glenn Branca you know guitar symphonies all based on one note like that kind of yeah. stuff. And I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I'd much rather listen to this than the end by the Doors. Right? I think Very this is this okay. is less uh, less portentous. This is uh, kind of cool. I like the atmosphere. I can get into it. You know. I, I do get the Doors influence here, but I think they kind of, I don't know, I'm reaching for this. I agree with that, but I, I hate I, the b- Doors. By the way, I don't hate the Doors. I, do. I actually <laughs> do like, uh, I like the Doors. I okay. like uh, their, their short pop songs. and. Uh, yeah. I'll save my thoughts on the Doors for a little while, because I got for, another Doors riff later. All right. But, um, there, all right, so, so the achievement of the song is creating a kind of ominous Spirit, which I think... All right, I'm going to go back to the doors, which I, I think your point is excellent, right? The end seems to be, like, reaching for that. It's like Jim Morrison said, I'm going to make this ominous song yeah. and, and freak people out. I think this, that kind of sense comes natural to Kale and the crew doing this. Yeah. You know, I feel like it is authentic in a way that the doors are never authentic, right? Um, so what gets at it? The commitment, man, right? All right, it's cheesy to do, like, a kind of, like, faux religious mantra and like have these kind of like strange you know phrases in between them but I feel like I feel like you know it, it's spontaneous and therefore okay right you get a kind of like live sensibility from this you know I never get that from the end yeah. that's a great comparison for me this is like um, I'll, I'm gonna compare like one of my favorite songs of all time to this because I think it kind of does the same thing I totally buy Tomorrow Never Knows. I don't care if it's like a... Of a, course. Right, but I'm, <laughs> I, I mean, this, this song I don't think lives up to that. But I no. totally buy that. That's one I mean, of the, best I, the reason why Tomorrow Never Knows, though, gets knocked is because it's kind of like, uh, you know, all right, I'm going to take something cool that I read in the Tibetan Book of the Dead yeah, and I'm well. going to make some cool lyrics. But it, it makes it work. Like, I, I totally, even if it is like the, the, you know, privileged white dude's view of this, you know, appropriated culture, it... You make something brilliant out of it. I, I think they're doing something kind of cool here too. Like it feels like an authentic experience. I that's yeah, I right? Agree. Like I totally right? Agree. Like it feels like like taking some sort of uh you know, I, I don't know. I, I my head is all wrapped around the the, the book of the dead, right? Because uh-huh. I you know, we're reading, you know, I think we've mentioned this before, we're getting ready for Finnegan's yes. Wake and I'm reading a lot <laughs> of other stuff, getting me ready for this. And like this this sounds like getting ready for like Death, like this, sounds like some sort of ritual preparation for that, done by guys who maybe are don't really have any guidance, and so it's 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 like what they know, like they're just working with the tools they know. Yeah, no, and I'm sure this is more kale than them, but the but them being there, it is it though. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I mean, well, other than kale's droning violin and whatnot, I mean, I, kale never struck me as like a a, a, 
a mystic per se. If anything, he struck me as like a, a pretty cynical kind of character. So I, mean, oh, I, I don't know. I don't think that's true at all. Yeah. In fact, so in the in the um, Tir- Tirka book, um, they talk about how Kale actually got to the Stooges through the MC Five, right? Uh-huh. Like somebody turned him on to them, and they went out, and he he, he hated the MC Five because he thought they were too violent and too sloppy. But he liked what he saw in the Stooges mm-hmm. because there was a kind of joyous spirit underlying. Oh, interesting. Them. Okay. And, and that, I thought that was so in keeping with Kale. Okay. You know what I mean? Even like, you know, think about like the gift, you know, from White Light White Heat, you know? Like even that that's dark content, but there's such a kind of like tongue in cheek fun to it. Keep in mind Kale didn't write that though. That's Lou Reed. Kale's just in Oh, Tony. is that right? Yeah, I thought that was a Kale yeah, song. Kale, Kale doesn't do any of the lyrics. It's all Lou Reed. So even when Kale's doing his Is that right? Yeah. Oh, oh I'm certain of that. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, well. Anyway, I, I think, like... Well, I think you're... Play- so, I mean, you, you know more about this than I do, so that 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 may be true. I mean, it was just... A, I, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> I, I just... I, I feel like this this song is kind of cool. I'm glad it exists. Is the album better off for it? I think so, because I, so I love... I, I love. I don't have this on vinyl, but I love the idea of listening to this, flipping it over, and having uh, no fun. Yeah, I, I just want to stop for a second. All right, sorry about that. We seem to be having a lot of uh, technical difficulties this round, but alas, we continue on. All right, so we get to side two, right? Yeah. And, you know, I would say, like, I've been listening to this album for years. I've always loved it. It's something I always return to. But the the kind of forced uh, analysis this time, I have such a better appreciation for side two than I used to. I think there's actually a couple, like, gems on this. And I think... No fun is one of them, man. Yeah, no yeah. fun is so great. No fun is great. No yeah. fun is a uh, killer, you know, album uh, beast like side B or whatever uh, track number one. You, you, Tom, you keep talking about anthems of ennui. This is this is one like this and is isolation. Isolation as well. Yeah, this 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 is one like Tom. You were talking about songs that go on too long. This song goes on for five minutes, the same thing over and over again. I want it to keep going. Yeah, (laughs) it's so fucking good. So what's up with the word fun? Why is the word fun all over this Mm -hmm. album? I mean, so right, it seems like a strange word. Is it just for the rhyme? (laughs) Well, what's the rhyme? He's rhyming it with no fun. He's rhyming fun. Oh no, no, no! I mean, in other places too, right? Um, Right, fun is in. the Stooges arrives with uh, 21, right? Yeah, I mean, 21, it's, it's yeah. like four different places here. The house they lived in, they called the Fun House, apparently, yeah, yeah. which I didn't know, which I didn't know was the title, you know, came for the right, title yeah. of the second album. So maybe that was it, but it seems like such a strange thing. No, I think there's, I mean, look, like, no fun, you know, can be read in so many different ways, like, you know, you know. I'm no fun, be around or whatever. But like his point is like, dude, there's nothing going on. Yeah. There's no fun. I, I I think that again, we talk about the simplicity of this in the sense of innocence and vulnerability. Yeah. Like there is no guile here. Yeah. Like fuck, I am bored, no fun, you know? So here's something I was trying to play with. Is is the the simplicity of the riffs, right? I mean, what is this? This is like two chords, right? Mm-hmm. Over and over again, and the idea that it doesn't really change up. I don't think this this barely changes up, but there's a little bit of a bridge, I think, yeah. right? Is is that like an intentional kind of parallel to the thematic message of just boredom, right? There, there's something going on there, right? It seems like those songs, 
that specifically are about ennui. 1969. This seem to be the, seem to be the ones that like lack that progression. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a, a subconscious thing. But they're like anybody else in 1969 yeah. is going to change and you know make a different bridge or do something interesting after those two chords are established in the verse. It seems like they're like willingly like sticking to their guns, yeah. you know, for some reason. I think. Uh... I think almost all the songs, though, have that. Yeah, song. no, all like, of them like, do, and I, I think it's Little by. Doll has two yeah. chords. And but at least that one, like, solos, you know what I mean? It does, it kind of has a freak out. I feel like 69 and this have less so, you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. You know, this is the Hegelian sort of, like, kind of <laughs> counter. I, I was counting how long too. it would take before you brought up I brought Hegelian yeah. nonsense. Okay. So that's what, you know, think about... The arena, like Joe said, I think you said before, like the arena rock that's starting to develop and the uh, complexity and you know music in general. I, you know what's the what's the threshold? Maybe it's like you know Sergeant Pepper creates like something that you can't do by yourself. The folk element of playing in a in a three piece or four piece band is kind of gone, and all these you know everybody who's after Sergeant Pepper's you know Jimi Hendrix and uh, you know, uh, Led Zeppelin, like, and the Who become everybody becomes so much more complicated that you have to have an antidote to it, and this yeah. is the antidote to it. Well, yeah. then I mean, you're making the argument that these are proto punk well, because punk is the anecdote anecdote to uh, you know Prague and the bombast of that era, n- n- right? Not like, well, they're all pointing to this, as right. Joe said. So you can't get away from that. But what punk does, it 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 comes to the. Uh, to the top of the charts to a certain extent, right. you know? Because it becomes a fashion versus just, yeah, like, what they're exactly. doing. exactly. So there's, like, capital P punk and then, like, you know, lowercase punk. This is, like, lowercase punk. Yeah. So, I, I like, once again, all I'm saying is I get why people talk about these records as being, you know, proto-punk because just like what you're saying, this could be a response to what was perceived as the okay. bombast. But of, you're, you're cherry-picking a little because No Fun is the most punk song. You know what I mean? Um, we will fall is, is not. not. Little doll is not. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, I would say. I would say. I would say everything else on here. We will fall is the only one that I would say is and, not. And sounds like the Doors. Yeah, yeah, until you get the the, the, the pro, proto look, Black Sabbath. The Ramones. There's no solos. You know what I mean? Ah, like, uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now I think I think they have to kind of work this out to get to that. And and when we listen to. Um, you know, search and destroy later. That's going to be far more, yeah. I think, arguable as moving. I'm just saying that no fun seems to be the closest thing to that shift. You yeah. know, so to say that use this as evidence is a little disingenuous. Doesn't take the whole thing into consideration. That's all I'm saying. It's a good song. Um, all right. <laughs> the discovery for me was real cool time. Okay. Uh, I'm down. <laughs> really, because you forgot it existed? No, because, because well, that and and well, everything. I, I would say everything after no fun is something that I just kind of like never really took very seriously. Yeah, because there's a reason for that. It it, yeah. it feels it feels I, like warmed over other songs that we have. I'm appreciating them in a new way. That's right. all I'm saying. The note I made for real cool time. Please don't over intellectualize this. Oh, <laughs> I swear to God, I wrote that. That's here. exactly what I'm going to do right now. All right, so. Um, here's my, here's my attempt at it. So, Real Cool Time, right, sounds kind of like aw shucks, 
you know, goofball 50s, let's ask the guy out, you know, the guy asked the girl out on a date, let's go to the sock hop, something like that, right? I think the lyrics get more complex than that when you get into what do you think you want to do, that's right, you know, there's a kind of seedy side to it, but, and certainly the music is this kind of like strange seedy atmosphere. The juxtaposition though of that idea of real cool time, that all shuck sentiment, and that, that, that strange, ominous, like menacing music, I think is brilliant tension. You buying that? <laughs> I viewed it as a not so cogent way to get laid. So I don't think like the innocence of like, you know, shucks come okay, on over. But it, it's what it's doing, I think, is playing with the kind of um, male psychology. Yeah, yeah. I was going to be a little more generous, but the male psychology of those predatory desires demonstrated by the music and versus the rhetoric of the wooing. And even that starts to break down, right? There's such a kind of like Freudian tension in this song that is all about, that is very much in keeping, I think, with the kind of ennui sensibility, right? Or this, this kind of disenfranchised sense or this marginalized sense that I think the album is all about. I, I love it because this album, do, this song does the same thing as 1969 No Fun Do, but does it in, I think, a very innovative way. I love it. And by the way, I think We Will Fall does it in an innovative way as well, right? I mean, we didn't talk about what that fall really is, mm, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm going to intellectualize that a little. Are we talking about, like, the fall from grace? I mean, I think at, towards the end of that song, the lyrics are, like, falling asleep or something, but I think it's so much more loaded than that, you know? And I, I'm going to give, you know, Iggy credit for, for being a little smarter than he wants people to think yeah. on that. But, um... But, I, you know, I always talk about this. I love the theme and variation. I think this does that, man. I really think it's a cool song. Right. I'm selling you a little of that? No. I mean, oh. <laughs> but, but what do you, like, when you get... No, so, you know, I, I've all right, never... How about this? I, all right. Think about this. When you start getting, you know, the... Um, we'll have a real cool time tonight. And then he starts, like, singing it in different ways, in these weird, distorted ways. A real cool time. It, it's almost like he's struggling to get the ideas out because like the it is taking over in a sense. You get like this kind of like, you know, you know, sweater around the shoulders guy trying to talk to a girl. <laughs> I don't I don't know. A, a werewolf is emerging from him. I think, man, weird <laughs> this creates such a kind of psychological portrait of this guy and and the real nature and, and terrors of wooing. <laughs> There's a, there ain't dick in this song. Oh. Is this one of the, the three? This is one of the three. Yeah. They, they, one they, of the three what? Uh, that they came up with the night before yes, they had to record. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's um, such menace in this that so works. But, I mean, just think of, like, you know, the Ron Ashton guitar over this in and of itself is great. That's it, the, the wah-wah. But it never, it, it, it's, it's relentless, yeah. right? This is like, what is this? This is like a four and a half minute song or something? It's just like like over and over again. There's no pattern here, right? This I think gets at what we will fall tries to get at. This is a, I think, you know, if we will fall is a song that wants to be just kind of like out there and spacey. This one does it I think in a more genuine way. Hmm. I do. This would not be the one I would choose to say that. Oh yeah, I think it is. I think Lil Dal does it a little bit as well, but but that's only after the lyrics. This one does it along with the lyrics, which makes it so strange. I like your song a lot better than this one. Ah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. 
Um, and though I think is the strangest song on this album. I really do. I think it is the song that sounds least like the other songs, yeah. including We Will Fall. Yeah. I think that has something to do with production, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the singing, obviously, is a conscious departure to to sing in that tremulous voice that you're going to hear on, like, any solo records. I mean, they're trying right. to get at a kind of vulnerability yeah. here, right? But it's, to me, it's, it's like, this is the one that seems the most Doors influenced. There's no at doubt. At least at the start. No yeah, before the... Yeah, I Proto seems to be the uh, prefix of the evening, so the proto Sabbath riffs that come in, in the end. Yeah, this is. I think this is my least favorite song in the album. I don't like it at all. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's so it's so kind of it, it has. I think the worst qualities of what the Doors do that kind of clawing yeah. self importance. <laughs> I like the. I, uh, the I do I like do the. Too. I like the atmospheres conjured by whatever Ron Ashton's doing with his guitar. He gets this kind of aquatic sound, this warbly that, sound. Yeah, it's pretty I, cool. I get that. There are things to like about this, but yeah, this is this is not my favorite. Is it album. is it fair to say that like what he's trying to get at the guitar is what um, the Doors do with organ, right? I don't know. No, I don't. Really. I don't know about that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I think he's doing something unique. I mean, I think. I don't think he gets enough credit as like a, a, a guitar texture, you know, with such simple tools. I mean, he's working with a wah-wah pedal and a fuzz box, and he gets, he sculpts this sound that to mm -hmm. me sounds unique. I don't know any other guitar player that sounds like it. That's why I think Rob Power is like such a huge crime that he's, you know, demoted to bass playing duties when he's extraordinary. You know, I got no beef with the new guitar player, yeah. but I mean, come on, like Ron Ashton's where it's at. From a bass player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll tell you what I do like about the song. I like I like it as a Stooges love song, right? And I like when, you know, similar to Real Cool Time, when he's doing the I love you and it starts to get distorted. I mean, that's another interesting variation on the, the theme of the album, I think. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So there are um, a couple different theories on the Anne of Anne, right? I thought the obvious and, and best read was that it's Ann Arbor, right? And that this is a song about uh, the hometown more than anything. And I think that's the best read because of the tension that's built into the lyrics, right? You know, that, that sense of I want to love you but don't, that speaks to a place and a hometown, I think, extraordinarily well. I floated in your swimming pools. It's plural, and it kind of makes sense, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think that's the best read. Um, my, my boy, uh, I, I can't think of his name. I keep forgetting Trinka. his name. Paul Trinka um, gives two other explanations, neither of which I find very compelling. One is that it's Anne Ashton, the mother of Ron and Scott Ashton. Scott Ashton, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't see anything in the lyrics that, that would demonstrate that. This is... This is very much a kind of tortured love affair, if it is a love affair. And based on, you know, the biography I read, it seems that she was nothing but nice and matronly. You know, I don't think that's the case. The other thing which is interesting, I don't know too much about, there's this woman that was kind of a Detroit scenester, it seems. Her name was uh, Ann Opie Ware. And, yeah, I don't know. And apparently she was um, an amputee. And she would hang out and go to Stooges shows. And she was kind of eccentric. Like, she, she had some money, apparently. She was, like, this kind of, like, like donor to the local scene or whatever. 
And apparently Iggy had this like, in, like affection for her. There's a, he, uh, uh, Trinka tells a story about him like stopping a show and coming out and carrying her somewhere. And what, what was it? Uh, what was she missing? A leg. I think right. a leg is, is the idea. Did, um, but did, like the way he tells that it, inspires you took my arm. Is like, that oh? That's how the whole thing begins. I mean, as soon as you said amputee, oh, I'm looking yeah. at the lawyer. It's like, well, I always okay. imagined it was like they were walking yeah, together. But, but yeah, oh, that's interesting. Um, but I mean, you know, again, this seems fraught with complications, and I don't. The way that Trinka portrays that, it was very much affection. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the the story in the was to demonstrate, I think, Iggy's softness. I don't think this as a love story does that at all. This. This is like a, a harsh grading love. Yeah. You know? But I, I really do like the Ann Arbor, you know, read on it. I, I think that's that. interesting. Yeah, I like that. Particularly given, like, you know, you Tom mentioned before, you know, his kind of, like... He seems to have a very strange relationship to his upbringing, right? He starts off in this kind of trailer park, feeling very marginalized. But Trinka goes out of his way to demonstrate, like, his kind of, like, ignoring that and kind of rising up. He's like a real Horatio Algers, it seems, and... And he's like a real preppy kind of like self-possessed, you know, kind of like ladies man and everybody loves him, you know. So I think this song speaks great to that kind of, you know, sense of place. I don't know. I, I just don't think the song is that compelling or sonically interesting. Oh, you know? I, I disagree on that one point. I think it is sonically interesting to start. Like the stuff, like I said, the stuff that... uh you know, the guitar is doing there is pretty cool. Different mm. different than anything you're it's gonna different. hear. Just like We Will Fall, there's different stuff that you're never gonna hear on another Stooges record. Yeah. Um Not Right, I think is very lyrically interesting. Right? I love the idea that, you know, you have these these two verses, right? Mm. The verse verse is all she and seems kind of blaming and seems, you know, angry and and loathing of other and then you take the same set you replace the pronoun it becomes yeah. I and you apply all that stuff to you that is so simple and so fucking brilliant that's cool and I, right? I, I like like no fun I like the title not right no, like just, yeah. just the simple negation you know a lot of like toties in this record oh right? look at right. you know, yeah. Yeah, that's right um, no but I mean isn't that interesting right that like and speaks so well I think another variation on the theme that you know Somebody that is such a mess, like, can lash out, but then when they're really honest with themselves, yeah. can see it in themselves and be just as self-loathing, right? It speaks to the kind of psychology of, of inferiority, right? And what you actually do in life, you know? And then you add the kind of, you know, sexual gender power dynamics to it. it it's really smart. I don't... I mean, the music, I think, is just warmed over, I want to be your dog, mm. you know. Uh, so it's actually, the mo- I think it's one of the more different sounding tracks, just with the, you have the, the kind of start-stop structure, you know, da-na-na-na-na-na, da na like it's... But if you continue that, it right. becomes, I want to be your dog, right? Um, yeah, it does have the descending, the descending chord structure, yeah. Yeah. But it works, I like it. Again, though, it's one of the ones that I, I always tend to forget. Just right, like real right. cool time. Yeah. Um, and, 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 oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, the, the final song, I oh, don't forget. Oh, get to the final song. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I was just like looking around to see if like people covered these like you know more marginal songs. Most of them know. I saw that like um, 
Sonic Youth covered this in a very strange way, or sampled it rather. And I forgot all about this on Bad Moon, um, Bad Moon Rising, right? Yeah. Which is an album, another album of Sonic Youth I haven't listened to in 20 years, but, but liked better than Confusion and Sex. Um, the last minute of Society as a Whole, like that's like the third or fourth song yeah. on the album, they play about a minute of Not Right through an amp. And I, I when, once I heard Holy that, shit. I, 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 I know, I know I, that song and I love that song, but I would never know that. Do they just, they just play? Face, like, I had the same experience of this like two days ago when I discovered this. I was like, oh shit. And I went back. I was like, of course. How did I never hear this before? Wow. Right? It's so strange. And that's interesting because that song actually begins with like 30 seconds of metal machine music. Then you have the song and then you have this weird kind of altered sample oh, of Not Right. Which I think, I always thought Society as a Whole is like one of the high points of that album. But that elevates that song in a lot of ways. Very, very cool. Yeah. Okay. I just queued it up on my iPod. Yes, check I still it out after. And then I saw that um, Sonic Youth has this other thing called um, uh, Walls Have Ears. Have you ever heard of this? No, that I don't know. So it's this weird kind of compilation of of live songs that aren't on other albums as far as I can tell, or most of them aren't anyway. And one of the songs on it is called um, Blood on Brighton Beach, which I never heard before. And they do a similar thing with Not Right at the end of that song. This is like a live album collage? It seems to be something that was kind of like bootlegged. Yeah, it's bootlegged live recording from 1985. It was released uh, on 12 by 12 2 by 12 vinyl in 1986 without the consent of the band. Okay. And that seems controversial. Some people say that, like, they did it incognito. Some people say that, you know, it was a complete bootleg. That they Shit, were I've never even heard I've that. never heard I of it either. I would love to hear that. It, I still listen to a little of it. it it's, it's very noisy. I mean, it sounds very much like Confusion of Sex and Bad Moon Rising. I know you like that more than I. I I'm, I'm a goo and dirty, you know, a Sonic Youth fan. But, um... But it's worthwhile, interesting. But I just like the idea that why would Sonic Youth like like this of you know more than any other songs on this album or by the Stooges? It seems like an interesting choice. You know, I don't know. I don't have too much more on it. Do your little doll spiel. That's no, no, my little doll spiel is <laughs> like that's the other one that's like banged out like in an hour or whatever to fill out the album. I really like it. I like it, there's there's kind of like a like Tom was talking about the sleaziness of sleazy. the arc of the album, and I never really thought of that as kind of like a Blake sort of songs of innocence and experience kind of <laughs> journey. Well, that, that's but, lofty. But, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I I'm going with Tom's arc here. I'm not saying that I'm postulating that, but I I like that. I like by the end kind of a you know much more swagger here. I just like that beat. I, I think it's yeah, like a beat's cool beat's awesome, way but otherwise, there's a lot of stoner crazy. shit here. Like, I don't like the stoner shit aspect of it. It just seems to kind of put me to sleep. There's a lame... I think the solo at the end is lame. Is lame. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I don't know. To round out the album, to give you, like, a new... Yeah, you don't have vibe. anything like 1969 yeah, or... Uh, nothing no like fun. that, so... Of, of the three, though, Real Cool Time and... Uh, not not right. I like this one the best of the three kind of throwaways. Yeah. Why well, see not throwaways? Not, I'm sorry. Throwaways I keep saying throwaways, but what I really mean is to say like the the, the fillers. I mean that's really well, what they were. They were fillers. fillers. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I I real cool time for me. But but little doll, I, I like. 
you know, you know, it's good. Josh, when you only have eight songs on an album, and you said like what three are filler. <laughs> well, that's a percentage ain't in the favor of, of like making elevating the album. Hey, I'm right. not saying this is the best Stooges record. I'm just saying the songs that I like on this, and and I'll say this: this is one of my favorite sounds. I think Funhouse has a sound that is unique in recording history. Like I love the sound of mm-hmm. Funhouse. But I love the way Ron Ashton's guitar sounds on this record, on every single song. And I, I, mean, I don't think that gets enough credit. Maybe, maybe it just kind of didn't really look to see other people as ecstatic about well, that as me. So that, to me, elevates the record, even with the songs. Like, I'm, I'm admitting that there's a few songs in here I don't really care for, but I love the sound of it. I just love the sound. And his guitar is freest on this album. Yeah. You get glimpses of it, actually quite a bit, on Funhouse, but never like this. Yeah. It's never like... Never like Real Cool Time yeah. and the end of Little Doll, right? Where it's just like structureless. I mean, you get a little bit like under, you know, the lyrics of Loose or something like that. But um, but yeah, no, there is something kind of like like free about this album that, that I do like. Hey, by the way, so there's a cover of Little Doll by Spaceman 3 from their first album, uh, um, which I don't really know. Uh, Sounds of Confusion that... Um, I know yeah, the next yeah, couple of Space yeah. 3 albums, but I never heard that first one. It's, it's an interesting choice. Yeah, it's pretty good. That makes a lot of sense to me, though, yeah. given Space Man 3, you know? Um, the cover. Yes, I want to talk about yeah. the cover. Okay. So, did, was that it, I think? Um, yeah. All right, so the cover, I think, is a kind of strange missing link between The Doors' first album... Rubber Soul. No, 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 no. No. Look, go on your little computer there and pull up The Doors' first album. Between The Doors' first album and The Ramones' first album. That is an interesting link, right? So what do you have? You have, like, you know, the faces of these tough dudes looking out at you, right? Their continence and their attitude speaks to The Ramones and them lined up against the brick wall, which we're going to see in, you know, five years or whatever. But it's it's kind of, I think, going for more of that Doors thing. The black background, the uh, lead singer in the front, you know, it's a little more psychedelic, a little more kind of um, kind of mystical on the Doors, but they're going for the same kind of thing here. I mean... Yeah. Well, and uh, Iggy is not as prominent as uh, Jim Morrison is right on the front, like Jim Morrison, like just the spectral figure. I agree, I think that's a good choice. But that's yeah. a good... All right, so I wanted to say something about that as well. The idea, you know, he's at, he's at front, but they're right. They, they all have, like, a kind of similar dimension and similar prominence. And I think that's good. And I really feel like the first two albums are Stooges albums. And I get why it's Iggy and the Stooges and Raw Power right. later. Uh, but I think that's great. You know what I mean? There is a kind of equal contribution here on this first album. And I would say Funhouse, too. That I appreciate. I like bands. I like teamwork. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, look, I think Raw Power is the best album, and we'll talk about that later. I know you'll think that's wrong. But, but, you know, it it is a little too much Iggy. You know what I mean? Um, Raw Power. Raw Power. And and I think, uh, you know, at their best, they're a team. And at their best, I think, is I Want to Be Your Dog and Loose, where... All the elements are coming together. That first album cover and the cover of of Funhouse demonstrate. Funhouse is a cool album. Yeah, that's the best cover. But uh, Josh just put a broken soul. I'm broken soul too. Come on. Well, the haircuts are very similar. <laughs> the Page Boy haircuts. It's true. Um, 
Yeah, but, you know, that was just my thing. And I think it looks forward to, or I should probably say more more correctly that the Ramones are probably taking the Stooges and doing something with that. Just kind of like blatant laid out, here's the band, you know, uniformed and angry, scowling, you know. But uh, I, I like I like all the, the Stooges covers. Uh, by the way, I feel like we should say this now. We should have said it earlier. When we talk about the Stooges records, I want to make very clear I'm talking about the first three records. The, the other two that come later, we're going to talk about, but I don't think they're the same. You know what I mean? That, that would be, I think, a, a terrible thing uh, to do to the, the legacy of these first three albums. I don't like gaps. I don't like either. that. You know, there's, there's some, yeah. something about continuity which makes the band and their catalog, uh, you know, there's something that binds it together. I, I totally, and there's yeah. There's an adhesive to it. And I think we can, we can get into, like, I think the specifics of that when we get to the weirdness, you know, because I, I know exactly what you mean. I don't think they're legitimate. What's the first year of the, of the fourth one? 2007, I that's think. A, that's, like, okay, if you, you'd had your 73... I could I could live with an eighty three. Sure. I can't live with two thousand and seven as being like your next contribution. You're, you're kinda, like you're a novelty actor or something no, at that there point. There you go. You know, unless there's something good. I mean, I, I I like I. So for me, the jury's still out because I have not listened to a single note. They're not of those that records. bad. They're actually not that bad. But so I just I have a problem with the idea of it. Of that being in the catalog. Yeah. There's just something about. But I'll buy it as an Iggy Pop album. But as a Stooges album, I have a problem with that. Call it something else, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that just seems too dogmatic. I know the argument, like, if, if the work is shitty and it sullies the legacy, I understand why we can make that argument. What but I'm willing, to, like, I'm willing to give anyone the benefit of the doubt that wants to try if it doesn't just seem like shameless marketing. Like, I, I think Iggy Pop had nothing to prove at that point, right? And so why, why, why not? What? What has he got to prove? Like I don't know, because you, you, you never put something out that was able to really. I, well, he hadn't put nah, anything. He put out the idiot, which is fucking yeah, brilliant. yeah. But, but that's seventy-seven. I mean, he hadn't put out anything really substantial. I would say since like Brick by Brick, which okay. was like ninety. You know, so candy, candy. exactly. Okay. So you have oh, fifteen Lord. years. He had to change it up in order to be ah, relevant. Who, who's on those two albums? Is it the original four? Ron Ashton is on the weirdness, isn't he? Don't they? Isn't one of the Ashtons alive? And one Atlanta? of them's alive, but they bring on Watt. Mike Watt plays bass. Yeah, I, 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 I do remember thing. that. That is true. And the guitar player's name is escaping right now from Raw Power. Right, think, um, uh, Williamson. Or Williams. There, there should be. I think it's there should be some sort of fifty percent rule or something <laughs> like that. There's a lot of bullshit of people like nowadays. Oh, we're this and that. No, you're not. No one's there. I don't even know if anybody's on well, the look, stage. That's what I'm know? saying. You can add somebody and call them the Stooges, but once you lose somebody, it becomes a dubious. Once you lose somebody, and thirty years later, it's really fucking a problem. Are you telling me that you got a problem with Starship still playing uh, Jefferson Airplane? We built this. City on Rock and Roll. <laughs> All right. uh, yes, I am saying that. God. Actually, no, I'm not. You know why? Because, because they changed the name. Because they changed yeah, the name. They changed, okay. And because they, they never whatever really, shit they want. They never really stopped. Like, when you yeah. actually think about Jefferson Airplane oh, God, and Starship. Oh, God, are we really talking about this? <laughs> I am. It's only about, like, what, 15 years apart. That is true. Isn't that yeah. crazy? And they never stopped. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah. Like, from White Rabbit to... Uh, to we build the city is actually a blink of an eye. It's not that long. I know. I mean, think about it. think about how radically that changed. Music hasn't changed that much in the last That's fifteen true. years. Leaps and bounds Leaps to the evolu- evolution, the apotheosis of we built this city on rock and roll. All right. Next time, 
Funhouse. You're the one who makes me sing Bring happiness and everything You're the only real one A real way to have some fun Uh-huh But I don't know Come on, shake. Come on, shake.